This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. My Ghost Story 2010, The Uninvited. Man, man, oh, got in. My chair went flying almost like a somersault. Gauzez, the psychic, picked up a chill, up on a children being trapped in the basement. Dawn, we've seen a chair moving on its own, clang. The mirror, the door opens. All of a sudden, you hear a chilling scream of a female. Aaron, there's something beyond our realm as missing with, with, was messing with my wife. Vice the spari of the little boy. I think these presence are very strong here. There, Mich- M- Mitchell, there is a figure of a man standing right in the middle of the porch. Kara, I felt her hand had grabbed around my neck and was pushing me to the ground. Gutte, she was in the found to the end of the shift, the tree string and a pool of blood. Demiria, one of our crew, Chris, was not down. They're terrifying. Gotcha, my ghost story began when I started working, manager of Times Square Comedy Club, Manhattan, New York City. Horn Honks, Times Square Comedy Club, was five different showrooms. It's 26,000 square feet. It's a pretty big place. In the 20s, it's crematorium. Then it became a gentleman's club. Back in 1991, there's an exotic dancer named Yvonne Hathaway whistles applause whistles woman screams Gotti who was stabbed 28 times by a seal killer he wasn't found until the end of the shift a tree string and a pool of blood signs well closing the club at night myself when I started hearing voices seeing doors open always feeling like someone watching me there's a certain way to lock up I start at the front door and would work my way from theatre to theatre. Theatre what too is the one show and that's to me the creepiest. Most of the stuff happens in theatre too. I can I would see shadows. I'd hear, I'd hear my name. I could feel something on my neck. All this stuff you can't explain. I was locking up the club. I heard a big crash, crash. I figured maybe I forgot a bit Bargate. Then I hear a loud yelping scream. I went to the theatre too, put lights on, then there was a chair stacked in front of the light switch, prevented me from turning the light on. I mean, you need a six foot ladder to stack the chairs this high. At that point, I was like, there's no way I'm going to do it, doing this like this every single night. I wanted to find out what was going on in the night in the club, if there was something we could do about it. And that's when I called Kevin, the Amiray. We're having some experiences here, there. A death in out of the ordinary, and no windows in the club, so it's always pitch black. So when you walk in there, you get the chills. Immediately, you get the feeling of somebody watching you. And if you get caught in the room alone, you feel the presence. It's terrifying, terrifying. Bosink is the only hunting team. There's a mechanism that we electrify room. We call it our ghost machine. 
Your body works as electricity. What we believe when you die is electricity has to go somewhere. So we electrify a room for our ghost machine. Spirits draw off. I immediately go first. So when in the studio one, after energizing the room, we started an EVP session. We had Dennis Scotty there as well. We got him to experience what we experienced. Scotty, there was an EVP that Kevin captured the girl gagging, he he he, and saying hi, Demiri. I was frightened to hear two females, one laughing, one saying very, very clearly, hi. When we set up Ghost Machine, we went, to, we went, sent the charge of 5500 volts into the room. We had a table, a chair flip. Man, whoa, gotcha. What happened with me in the room? That happened to me in the room. It really disturbed me. Man, whoa, man, whoa, whoa. Gotcha, I ended the night. I told Kevin he had to leave. Somebody get your stuff and get out. I'm not staying here anymore. It, this is probably like 2.30 in the morning. Marie, the, the second time we got, went back. Tom, who's this? I was sceptic. He touched the back of her head like this. Man, no. Tom, I swear to God, I felt like somebody, like, just ran over their finger. Man, wow, Tim. Look down in the back of my head, back of my shoulder. To bring another team member, Chris. Where was in Studio 3? You're not down, Debrina. Oh, Chris groans, Demira. He's knocked off his feet, his handprint on his chest from Studio 3. We can directly, we went directly into Studio 2. A minute we connected to our infrared camera. We caught the apparition. We believed of Yona. Yona hastily was stabbed in the dressing room. Theater 2. Theater 2 is where I cannot see. Where I can see a shadow when I was closed in the club at night by myself. Demarie, as soon as the shadow leaves the camera frame, the orb appears and shoots by the camera, so we think it's a manifestation of the energy we use to electrify the room. I think it went back in the orb. We lost that energy to continue. Gotcha, we can actually went into the theatre. See, there was that light there. There was no, there's not, oh, not a light. We wanted to turn on. There is, there, if we wanted to turn it, turn on. There's a utility closet the custodian uses. We've already heard about this door constantly being open when it's locked. Cotty, I put it in the door handle. I tugged as hard as I possibly could to make sure it wouldn't open. Kevin set up some cameras in the hallway. Again, the door opened up. You Marie, Marie, the door opens and all of a sudden you hear a chilling scream. Females sounding like she'd been murdered. Three seconds after her voice, a very deep and dark male says, Relax, we think this is a residential, residential haunting. Goatee for me is like, hi, I knew it. I knew there was something going on. So that was a validation. Beyond scaring me now, it's in my house I feel. Did I hear a noise? Is whatever is following me? Is it Yvonne Hesley following me back home? I think she wanted to hurt me. She could. You mean being a psychic and a medium? A medium, I believe, Yonder, is absolutely haunting the club. I believe that she's some unfinished business. She's going to tell a story she wants to tell, and she continues to reach it out. Cutty, I was the type of person who needed to see to, belie- to believe it. I saw it, and I definitely believe it. Michelle, there's a figure of a man standing right in the middle of the porch. Tell me a lady took a photograph of Mitchell. They gave the tour that day. 
Picture behind me was this glaring white object. My text, my ghost died again with my wife and I moved in to an 1861 house called The Grove in Jefferson, Texas. My wife and I grew up in East Texas, they were familiar with Jefferson. Jefferson, a town of many so called homes. The city is pretty much preserved before the Civil War. There is one thing about the Grove when we first saw it that actually called out to us. We had to own it, Tammy. And more than that, I looked at the house, the more I wanted to see what would come me. We were just fell in love with it. Michelle, strange things began to happen just immediately. We started noticing these little shadows in the corner of our eyes. A little shadow would step from the game room into the stairwell. You look and nobody would be there. And this became so prevalent that I called about former owners. So he said, oh yeah, people have been seeing things for that there for a long time. Tell me, you must, you just have a sense you've been watched and it gives you a, a very eerie feeling, Mitchell. A former owner of the house had done a lot of research of the, the history of the house. I was said, well, it was over a few free slaves speaking at a rally here, there in the town. He said, speak, shouting, there's an organisation called the Knights of Rising Sun. Gentlemen, they were hall and woods and rode horseback. They showed up and they murdered two free slaves. Horse whinnies. They killed them as at the end of the street, and a map that was done for the twelve of his men. These knights of the rising sun, the only home that is marked, is an area called Mr. Shelley's house and Sturley as a gentleman. They built the grove back in 1861, so there is something very integral about our house that played a part that night in all the weird things that took place. Tell me because Jefferson is at it best in its history. We felt a commitment to the city over our home, shared history. Michael Michelle, we decided to open our grove up, a tour house, so we, that people could come through and we could share with them our house for late, how our house relates to Jefferson. Tell me, over the years, people have taken up very different photographs. Let's play phenomena. It's seen on tours. Michelle, 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 Michelle. Heard some incredible things that people have shared with us. Tell me a lot of things. We have tourists who send us pictures. They, they miss that would be, be that would be them. Mitchell, we see this these a lot. People send them to us all the time. Tell me very 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 hard to explain them. It's away. Find it a little eerie. You know about what it is, Mitchell. I look and see it could be a shadow. It could be the reflection now. Many times, and there's just no explanation. One of our visitors was walking like out of the car, out of the car after the tour. He turned around, and one picture left on the camera. She turned around, and had one picture left on the camera. She reached up, took the picture, left the car, got the car left. When she got it developed, there's a figure of a man standing right in the middle. Middle porch car and he was killed there, still haunting the location. I asked the spirit, Why did he do that? What did he do to you? And all of a sudden, I felt a hand being grabbed by my neck and pushed me to the ground. Probably one of the most intense experiences I ever had. Mitchell, some one of our visitors was walking like that out of the car after the tour. She turned around, had a picture left on the camera. She looked up, took the picture, got in the car, left. When she had it developed, there would be a figure of man standing right 
middle of the porch. Sally, you can see a gentleman standing on the porch. It looks like he's a confident, confident soldier. It looks like he's a grey uniform sash across his chest. Mitchell, I am my gladly back immediately. You try to look. The same picture, sex, same time of day, and the same time. Lighting conditions, and here are the snow shadows. There's nothing there that could, could form a man. Give us a determination to write that off. Tommy, just as though it was another spirit that was coming back to visit the grove, one of, the one of those interesting things. There's so many that come back to see us. They never know who's going to be there. Mitch, Mitchell, in tracing back the history of the house, my wife and I are the only eighth owners of the house since it was built in 1861. Tommy, probably the most infamous couple that had our house was Charlie, his wife Daphne Young. Mitchell, Charlie Young and his wife Daphne were both free slaves. Charlie Daphne raised the three children at Burnett Place. Tommy, he was a barber and justice person, and he was favoured all by the wealthy bankers. Mitchell, he made himself into a very complicated butler. They say it was all very prestigious to have your hair cut by Mr. Charlie. Tommy, their family had a home, a home for almost a hundred years, Mitchell. I think a lot about the activity. You think that takes time at the Grove. You could be traced back to former owners. One of them was sitting on my computer and our dog strained barking. Barks, Mitchell. I immediately went to put on my shoes so I could go outside and talk to whoever it was. I looked and there was nobody there. I thought, well, somebody's just come and gone. Went around and looked down the side of the house to see there was nobody there. I was walking back to the door I happened to look down at the ground laying on the grass was a shaving brush the brussels had all but rotted off you could tell it was a kind of yellow rage a place I mowed a hundred times laying there as if somebody had laid it there for me previously the former owner had brought me all the Charlie young shaving equipment his mirror his child mug even his straight razor Tommy, what's that shaving kit we see this morning, Brush? It matches the rest of the kit. It is also dated as the rest of the kit. Mitchell, this is not it's something that you could just buy off the shelf today. I think the Charlie had simply come back and said, You thought you had the whole set. Now you do. One of the most interesting photographs I've received was a very star on the morning tour, 11 a.m. on Sunday. Tommy Mitchell always stands facing the sun when he starts to give the tours the sunlight is not in his forest eyes. He had a lady who took they took photographs of Mitchell. They gave a, a tour that day. Mitchell knows the photograph turns out uh, behind me that this was was a glaring white object. Nobody could see it. They're standing there. But yeah, there, there, there was something there. It wasn't visible to the eye. If any kind of object had flown or been thrown in, we would have noticed it. It's something that was just over that was there over my shoulder, and yet again it wasn't it wasn't frightening thing. There's something about that picture that's my just compelling me, compelling to me. It gives me a good feeling. It gives me a good, very peaceful feeling. Peaceful feeling. Tommy, it was amazing. It made us feel as though we're supposed to be there. A young family wants their mark to be there. I feel like the family doesn't like us being in the house. We tried to try to honour them. The kind of built closure and recognition to the, the to who 
they are and of importance of what they played. Mitchell, this is a chance for us to preserve their lives, be able to give future owners a documentation that shows who the youngest were and what they did. We have become very, very attached to this family. Tell me, feel I feel the house as a soul. I feel an attachment to this house. Mitchell, anyway, whatever attached to me. We're going on the, the going on the house. I think that it's probably going to continue as long as we own the house beyond the next owners. I hope that they understand they can stand a peek into the other side, a chance to see what's going on. That's more. It's just the tangle, just this tangle life we have here. I think the grove it becomes part of my heart and soul. I'm very attached to it. And one of these days, I'll probably come back myself. Writes me to confirm quite a few deaths in the meal. Carl, there's an echo mist coming off my shoulder. I felt a hand and grab by my neck and pushing me to the ground. Carl, am I ghost over again? They visit the Baron Woolen Mill. I call a photograph of spirit. The Baron Woolen Mill has an interesting history. It's built in the 1870s, ran, over, ran for over a hundred years. It's burnt down three times. It's one of the only businesses in Utah survived the Depression. It's one of the, those who drive by. You go, oh, this place has got to be haunted. So I did a lot of research and found the owners. They all allowed and allowed us to go into the mill. Just came with us on occasion. Some of the investigations. Well, it was this the first time I ever walked into the barren with a mill. I feel. Then we feel there's something there. There's a lot of energy, Carl. Sometimes energy can be a little dark. There have been times that people have gone into the location, just stepped out because they just can't handle the overwhelming negative energy they felt in the place. Can't handle the over- We were walking through the mill. We, we started to, to go over the wall processing area. As we were walking along, they said there's a cold spot right here, freezing right here. It was in the middle of the July in Utah, probably about 90 degrees at night. And somebody took a photograph of me walking straight in, right into that right in that spot. There's the eco mist coming right off my shoulder. Rice, when I look at the photo of the mist coming off Tom, I feel that it's a spirit that's probably attached to him. Well, I believe this is one of the spirits that haunts the place. I believe it's probably the caretaker. Rice, you can definitely see a face in that photo. You can make out the eyes and nose. And a million for the face. It's very distinct, Carl. A certain kind of sense. So chills down my spine kids were very commonplace in factories especially in the 30s and 40s Rice at that time the meal was open a lot of children that would work were just because their hands were small enough inside the machinery Carl used the kids to reach into the machines and down machine, metal machines had a lot of kids working there in 1934 a young boy was struck into one of the such machines and was killed Standing by what was called the Ash Room, and as the doors of that apartment building, the meal was open. It was usually closed and locked, so he walked into the room and said, Somebody here. He actually had captured an EVP. Young boy saying, Dad, Dad, there's no young children with us when we got the EVP, which is one of the clearest EVPs I ever caught on the meal. Whereas the spirits of the children that used to work there do, in fact, still hang around. I do believe that the little, the little boy that died here is still haunting the location. Vice, the spirit of the little boy that was stuck off the machine. I think his presence is very strong there. Carl, we had some friends come along with us and a paranormal team. 
by the girls that was with us, she kept feeling cold holding her hand. She eventually said a child. It was soft in her smaller hand, and her t- hand temperature was actually colder than her other hand. They were all kind of standing around in a circle. We took a photograph of the group standing in a circle. You could see the boy standing right behind her. You could see his facial features, almost his to- and also his torso next to her. They got a lot of women, they have gone to the barren mills and mills, mostly mothers who say that they feel like there's a child hanging close to them. This young spirit in the meal wanted to be close to her. I think this child's spirit is the young boy killed in the meal. I think he's still there because he doesn't know what happened. He's been looking for his parents. We were down in his boiler room with one of the most active parts of the building. This particular room is probably one of the darkest places in Barron Miller Mill. I felt the presence of something extremely negative. Somebody was alive at one time. It was a very negative and evil person. Take the photograph in the dark corner. You see these streaks energy going through the photograph. Hinkle, nobody really wanted to be in that house. And some was afraid of something called a bad man. Cut off. I thought it was going crazy, Carl. I take the photograph in the corner. You see these streaks of energy coming through the photograph. Streaks of energy no, are no any sort of natural light. It looks like somebody's moving faster than the camera can take a photograph. I think that's how a lot of spirits will manifest themselves. With streaks of energy. I think it's a negative energy that stays down in that area. Hides in the corner, comes out occasionally down to the boiling area. So we started doing some more research into this particular area. This particular part of the building. One of the stories that we've told us that this young girl being brought into the building, sold in and eventually murdered. I had a few psychics say her name Mary. Been trying to collect as much evidence as I can about a young girl in the meal. Room, we believe she's killed him. Right, so the first time I went to the room where Mary was murdered, I felt anxious, almost like something was trying to push me out of the room. Carl was trying to connect Mary. I was trying to get her stirred up. I wanted her to talk. I wanted to, I asked Mary in the spirit, What did he do to you? I felt as if his physical hand grabbed my wrist. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I started pull my arm back behind my back at the same time I felt like a hand being grabbed around my neck and pushed me to the ground Reese I was taking everything he could I was taking everything he could not to let, let his arm twist around his back Carl I was fighting it I finally got to the state where he said I've got to get out of here 
As soon as I walked out of the room, I was fine. Nothing was happening, but I was in two red marks on my neck. My left arm was in so much pain, I couldn't use the first, use it the rest of the night. Right, so when I got back to the photo, look back at the photos, it looks like someone is actually dragging the nails across the t- back of Tom's neck. Clara believed the spirit that attacked us was the man who killed Mary. He'd been trapped in the building himself for what he did, and he's still there. But I asked what he did do, what did he do? I think he showed me what he did. I think he scared, grabbed her by the arm and threw it around and assaulted her. I was scared. It takes a lot out of me to not to scare me. I actually did not go back to the mill for the rest of the night. Right, you have got to be careful. Do you do have to be careful what you're opening the doors up to? You don't try to provoke. Provoke. Just because I don't want, I don't, don't what don't want it happening to me. Probably one of the most intense experiences ever had. I don't want to go back in there. The Baron Wilmer Mill is definitely one of the most haunted locations I have ever investigated. Right ever after my experience of the mill, I'm completely convinced the ghosts exist all around us. Carl's evidence we caught in the location proved to me these spirits do linger. Rice, this place is amazing, and with so much stuff going on, it just made it the most uh, real, more, much more real to me. Carl is our spirits here on Earth, and wants to communicate with us, and want to share their experiences on the other side. Catherine, I got to get got this really, really weird feeling. It's just like the hairs at the back of my neck stood up. I said, I think there's someone behind me. I think I was terrified to be alone in the house. I think that whoever is there definitely do not want us there. I go so it became my sister in law and I started to experience unexplained things in my house. It was summer of two thousand eight. My brother and I leased a house in southern Ohio in Greenfield. My wife Jasmine, my sister in law, was pregnant. They're moving I was up I was helping they they're helping her just get settled. Catherine, something everything seemed to be going really well. Really excited when we lived right on right on the river. We loved it. Everything was really beautiful. The house didn't want it would have been more perfect for us, Hinkle. We had no neighbours. The nearest neighbours were well at least a couple hundred miles yards away. Catherine, we didn't could have been more than a week or two. We just start we started experiencing a lot of weird things. I thought it was going crazy. I started hearing like whispering. Indistinct whispering. Hinkle got a lot of, a lot of times I can hear what sounded like somebody coming through the front door. You go check you be nobody there at night. They, they would stay up. They'd do the cleaning and everything. It needed to be done. Around the house, the laundry, I'd be in the sink. I could always feel there was somebody standing there, just looking in for the window. Just about every, every night, I put, but I would have to shut the curtains because it was too creepy. Because I could just picture a man standing there, an old man wearing some type of hat. Nobody really wanted to be in the house. If son was afraid of it, something they called the bad man. I felt like I was being watched. My sister-in-law, Jasmine, had told me on several occasions he felt like being watched. He didn't feel comfortable in the house by, by herself. Kevin, the most active areas, house were probably the loft bedroom area upstairs in the back hallway towards the front door. Hickle, one night, myself and my sister-in-law decided to sit down share stories about the house. We were telling every show of the things happened we'd seen and that we heard. Decided we were going to have an EP, EPE session. Just so I started asking questions. Right after that, I asked, What's your name? Is anybody here? 
You'd like to talk to us. You'd hear what sounds like a child's voice. He actually whispers the name as true. The shoe is actually a common name for an Amish boy. Amish boy, especially in Ohio. Amish County. Crabman, my cat jumped up my lap. My big old fairy thing. I've also called him Fat Cat. It's just my nickname for him. It's like, it's just like Fat, like fat Cat here. And there was this audio that said, No, dogs don't like humans. They don't talk. They were cool. I was freaked out. I got chills and almost, almost speechless. That scared me to death. I definitely not expected that. He also used a digital camera to snap some pictures throughout the house. Kevin was standing by the staircase. I got this really, really weird feeling. The hairs on my back neck, the back of my neck stood up. I told him, look, I said, I think there's somebody behind me. He snapped a picture and there all kinds of guests. What would you like to call orbs in them? It was just a really weird to feel that they not see nothing behind you. Take a picture and something was there. Eagle is one of the pictures particularly with cork. What looks like an image of a man. You can see what looks like an image of a man wearing a hat. As he kind of put me in mind what I thought was looking in the kitchen window. It scared me to death. Another picture taken right before that. In the orb, it's all picture. With the shoulders up you can see a face in the orb. Not really sure what it is or who it could be. My son would talk about a man, a bad man. I think that may be who he was talking about. One time we were actually on the couch watching TV. We saw somebody walk by the window. We got to check it out but see who was there. Of course there was nobody. There was no way for whoever there was to get off the deck away from the house before being caught. We would have seen them. I think whatever this is there definitely did not want us there. I was letting us know. He did not want us, us there. After all, seeing all the pictures and hearing the recordings, without packing the things I had, there I took my son and I moved out. I spent the whole time these things were going on. The only thing in my head was how do you protect someone from something you can't even see? A couple of weeks after Monica moved out, my husband and I decided to move back home ourselves. It's been two years since we lived in that house, and every time it's been up, back up there since, I drove to that by that house. No one has been there. They got a really good deal on the house because they didn't, they didn't keep anybody there. After my experience in the house, there's no doubt in my mind there's something after this, this life. Because as the haunting started immediately, I rebuilt the house. Weird noises I can't explain. I actually heard the voices of children. I never experienced anything like that. Gone you feel you're being watched. The shadows that die out, guilt left to right. We hear noises they can't explain. I actually heard voices of children. Terrifying when you heard stuff like that. I just go story beginning with him. Moved to Victorian Mansion with Gardner, Massachusetts. Lily and my fancy loves Victorians.
In 2008, we went online and saw this amazing 26-room mansion. The minute I went inside, it was just absolutely breathtaking to me. Just fell in love with it. Because we went up and down, up the first floor, saw the house was pristine, which is well would fill up pristine, which is fill up boiling water and drain throughout sinks of the house. Then and I brought some cameras. We started taking photos. When I got home, I looked at the photo. I got close up. I noticed I said Edwin on it. It, it said Edwin on it. Not a common name. Almost like it meant to buy the house. I wanted to study almost immediately after we bought the house. We could hear footsteps tapping, scratching noises, scraping, phone, telephone, piano playing, notes playing. At first we kind of brushed it off and said, oh, I know, it's our imagination. But they just keep getting more bizarre. Gomez, the dogs would just start growling and barking. Barking, Gomez, violent, slamming doors. Oh, Rotoro. If it spins anything like that, it's just just crazy, Gomez. Of all these incidents that occurred in that house, so if so, do some research. I found out that the furniture Tokun SKPS built their house back in 1875. In the late 1800s, her sons turned it into a brothel. The local gentry became a vacant for 20 years. Whether it was done to the house, I'm not sure. Then in 1963, there was a fire in the master bedroom. So in Wales, at the time the firefighters come up the staircase, the man was engulfed in flames. Man screams, Gomez. They put the fire out, very little left on him. They ruled it as possible spontaneous combustion case. Arenta, they thought of someone dying in our house. I try not to think about it too often. When you start firing things and seeing things, just things you can't explain, then it becomes an issue. We start thinking, I wonder if it's the man. He's the one who's making those noises. Making that noise. Goes maybe we decided to contact a very good paranormal investigator. We came by and we studied and snapped photos. Got this amazing photo of a woman floating up on the window. I think it's, really, it's a really creepy picture, especially when you own the house and people to toil you. I saw someone looking out your window, and you know there's no one there. Gomez's validation was amazing. I knew there was something going on, and he didn't know what, who it was. But after that, psychics came up. The name Mate Conwell. I found the census records, and sure enough, the Mate Conwell listed. She was one of the 23 servants that Kane Pierce had back in the 1800s, 1880s. Then in the, in the, in the servants' quarters, somebody was captured, which was quite chilling. Looks like a miss of a woman. Area was a really strange picture. Definitely think it's paranormal. Gomez, I just knew I had a feeling it was something that is Matty Conwell. Ariel, she died and felt such a strong connection to that house. I feel like she feels like she still needs to take care of the house. I really think that she was a big interest in the house. Gomez in a room across from the master bedroom. The raising photos captured on a weird looking vortex. It told that a portal where spirits can travel back and forth. Ariel, there's absolutely no light source within that room at the time they looked, took this photograph. And what you see is a common light going through the corner of the bed all the way up to the light fixture. You've never seen anything like that. Gomez, I think the most exciting incident that happened 
There's a morning lily and I welcome the human voices which led her to the basement. Lario, I don't remember a lot of things that I did that day. Next thing you know, I'm in the basement. There's a kiln. And I went straight to the kiln, grabbed a little garden trowel, just started digging. Gozmeda finally went down into the basement. She's all dressed up and there's snot sort of coming up. She's getting filthy. I asked her. I said, Hun, what are you doing? She says, I don't know what I'm doing. And she quickly snapped to me as to say, Oh, okay. I'll leave you alone. I'll just go back upstairs. Or I will continue digging. I got to the end, the clear cement floor of the kiln. I saw something. I picked it up and went across. Then it was like, then it was me, like me again. I like, oh my God! It's a this is pelvic bone. It's a human pelvic bone. Gomez, twenty minutes later, it was almost as though uh, it was her again. She was very happy, upbeat. As she says, I found something. It looks like a pelvic bone. Pelvic bone, her own own lucky. Edwin was an appointment with his doctor. Following day, so I took pictures of it. The doctor told me, in his medical opinion, it was a, that of a human pelvic bone. Gomez, I think the scariest part is almost as though something had took hold of her and led her to the basement like something possessed her. I didn't have a psychic come in. Though all the claims of everything that happened in the house, he said that the most disturbing because he'd know that she'd gone for to do what she was capable of doing. A real worry. Something I've said, I have to be careful. It got to get violent. It could get violent or something like that. It does scare me. Gomez, that was to happen to her again. Being possessed by something, I feel that she's going to do so. To either harm herself or even me. I think throughout the whole mention, the basement to me is the creepiest part. The reason why I don't like going to the basement is seeing, seeing things, experience that, that dark from left to right. The weirdest noises you can't explain. Actually, heard voices of children. There's a psychic who heard, picked up children's voices being trapped in the basement. So one of the investigators just started posing questions. He's like, do you have somebody trapped here? Do you have someone here? What is your name? Sure enough, the voices were captured. Terrifying, if they could say from me. Terrifying when you hear stuff like that. Ariella, when I heard it first, I did. it was a shocker. It was, because I heard some many other EPPs. At first, I kind of had to try to make out what he's saying. This is like right here. Your mind just going crazy, thinking well, who's saying it. Is it a child or is it an adult? You know what secrets are they talking about? Gomez, in my opinion, it's all related to the brothel. I think there's a lot of children who were born there, actually discarded. A robot before living in his house, very sceptical. I don't, didn't believe many stories I heard. Now I've been going through this, I mean, been two years straight. So many bizarre things. I do believe 100%. There are ghosts. Gomez, the first 40 years of my life, never experiencing anything. I've been the past two years experiencing numerous different things. There's no doubt in my mind, 100% convicted, convinced there's an afterlife. Dawn, I found my mood, ran into the bedroom. Next thing I know, there's a burning sensation, like hot coals. I lifted my shirt and watching the claw marks just ride up my back. So scared, thinking, what else is it going to do to me? Dawn, I kept hearing noises in there. Aaron, there's this actually very uncomfortable feeling. Something in the room with you. Dawn, we actually watched the bed sink beneath him. There's no one there. It was the wife of the former owner of that room. Train whistle blows. Begin, whistle blows.
when I go slowly again, my, my family moved into a haunted house at Washington Courthouse. I uh, they tried of renting, so we decided to buy a house. My husband looked it over and decided there was a house for us. Aaron and looked at the house, like the house, because it was a lot of room. There was only one story. The energy in the air we we first moved in. It did feel difficult, different. Though as we were living there, all all, all things were progressing. The felt the house felt depressive. It felt heavy. It was just it didn't feel like home. Talked to the neighbours. They're the ones who told us about the previous owner. What we didn't know we brought the house was a male. We passed away in a bedroom, had a heart of a heart attack. And he's they also told us about him being on the roof of all hours where they had to call the fire department, come and get him down. One night he was laying there when I actually heard running in the attic, tapping. I would have been in the teeniest person in the world getting an attic to run. I called my husband at work. He thought maybe it might have been an animal up there. So I went outside of a flashlight in the middle of the night, looking forward, looking around, nothing on the roof. There were footsteps. It wasn't like an animal, it wasn't like an animal sound. Actually, human footsteps tapping. Kind of scared me. Aaron, after everything that has seemed to have been happening around with my wife, we decided to have someone come and in and check it out. Donna Bin, paranormal group that was going to be in town at a local library. Donna, I've seen another paranormal group going to be in, our, in town, local library. Decided to have them come and investigate my house, my home. That weekend, we had an investigator come in, sitting on the floor with our back against the wall. All of a sudden, I felt a burning sensation like hot coals. Investigator had jumped up. I kept yelling, my back's burning. It hurts, it hurts. My back's burning. Oh, my back's burning. He lifted up my shirt, started taking pictures, and watching the claw marks just rise up my back. I was so scared, thinking, oh, what else could have happened to me? Dear Aaron, I didn't know what to think. I was mad because something was messing with my wife. felt helpless and did not know what to do. Dawn, we decided to end the investigation that night because they thought they were doing more harm than good. It puts a fear in you you never had before. The bedroom, which is now the grandkids' bedroom, but that was the previous owner's wife's bedroom. We sent the cameras up in the room because I kept hearing voices like they're tapping, like tapping and pumping noises. I ran down the room and left the chamber, let the camera run. When we went to review it, back went to review it. When we seen orbs, the chairs moving on its, uh, and then the chairs moving on their own, his own. Aaron is going over the video. I heard it before. She had seen it because I had headphones on. Don't the point where I had the video camera pointing on the TV is almost like a mirror in the air. You could see there's nobody in the room because you could have seen somebody opening and closing that door. I knew whatever spirit remained in that room, she was there to watch over everybody. I believe it was the wife of the former owner in that room. The same day, right before we set up the radio camera, she had to go in there and snap some pictures. As she started to see the mist forming, I went from really light, and then it kept getting heavier and heavier until it formed almost like a mist. Then you see a float over you towards the bed, they disappear. I knew a lot of people look at that. 
you're thinking, oh, well, something, smoking. We didn't let us smoke in our house. For me, it's amazing because I'm actually capturing, as it's forming, forming like that, at three in the morning, I was hearing this walking sounds. My husband was at work, so I went ahead and set up a video camera. A sugar guider was sitting next to it. And you hear his bell go off every time he gets excited. Every thing, bell tingles. He never gets excited unless there's someone in the room. Went aside ahead and pushed record. I went to back to bed. I lay in there and I did have the TV on. Everything on the, ki- the kitchen started getting louder and louder. Bell tinkles. So I just stopped outside the kitchen. Bell tingles. Got there, out there. I was out there in a few minutes. Next thing I know, the camera moved. I stood there for a few minutes, seeing if something else had happened. It really moved. I ran back to the bedroom, flipped on the lights, turned up the TV. I was the rest, uh, up the rest of the night because I was scared to go to bed. And before, before I was skeptical about paranormal things, after the things that happened to our house, exactly in my eyes, there's something beyond our realm actually exists out there. Dawn, this is the first. That when this all first happened, I didn't believe in spirits. I thought when you died, you moved on. But everything that has happened, I know there's spirits out there. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.